Welcome in to Pitter Sports, part of the Six Pack Coverage Network. Will Dundon, Seth Coggin, and Benny Batista, March Madness expert, in here with you tonight. Trucial is going to be <laughs> patented Tr- expert. Trucial will be joining us shortly, but as you expected, this is the March Madness pod for the Pater crew. We're geared up and ready to go. Pod ben of the Seth- year, yeah, dude. Ben, Ben, Seth, and I actually we hit the town. We hit downtown. The boys came into Nashville to hit some of the SEC tourney games. It was awesome. It was March. It was March, but it was a uh, kind of a a dark Friday of sorts for the for the for the teams that the boys were supporting. Uh, not not the most victorious Friday in the world, but uh, a lot of ball consumed nonetheless. And now we turn our page to uh, the big dance. Yeah, the big dance there, boss. Yeah, it was a little preview for uh, the three of us to get together in Nashville, watch some of the games at Bridgestone. Um, yeah, had a great time despite pretty much all of our teams losing. Yeah, now, tournament yeah, that basketball, was... uh, you know, things have ratcheted up just a bit, but you know, now we present the the real the real tournament that really matters. You know, we want to cut down the the nets at the end of this one, dude. And something that was crazy, and this may be something to think about just for conference tournaments in general, but like for example, I had tickets. Wes and I, my brother went ahead and got championship tickets for the SEC tourney just in case Tennessee did get there and we could go. And once Sunday rolled around, I could not get rid of my conference tournament tickets. With Bama, yeah. Was it Bama and A&M in the championship? For whatever reason, and I think a lot of it, I had a buddy who also had it and even texted his Bama buddies. And some were going, obviously, so he didn't give them to them. But then there were a lot that just didn't care. Um, do y'all think that's somewhat of an indictment on what conference tournaments mean in this day and age, or do you think it's more just that's a instance of Alabama fans not really caring about basketball as much? I mean, just off the top of the bat, like I think it didn't really help when Kentucky lost in against Vandy, Tennessee lost. Um, I mean, you got the major teams that pretty much went down, even Arkansas too. I guess we can consider them um, to be fan bases that really, the um, travel well travel yeah, yeah exactly like that so i think that was definitely a factor but um i mean historically in nashville because now the the sec tournament has returned to nashville um i mean it's always been a great turnout and i think nashville is rightfully where the southern southeastern conference needs to play their conference tournament but um i in my own personal view i don't know about you guys but i think the the conference tournament is just like a great preview and Um, Just a great test for like all of the years, hard work and all the games to kind of come to a culmination and a final ending for the conference plays. And um, I mean, we saw a lot of great basketball, but again, like I'm I'm not sure what you think, Seth. I think Alabama fans are just garbage. (laughs) Nah, I mean, actually, we might need to talk about that with some of the stuff we saw from Alabama fans on Twitter and everything. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to draw back that statement just a little bit. I think. Alabama basketball fans are not very good basketball fans because partially I think a lot of them are really just, you know, secondary basketball fans, really they're football fans that, uh, and they've been spoiled with so much success recently, like not caring about an sec championship is like a luxury that Alabama has as like a pro as like an athletic program, because you've been a part of so many championship games, playoff games, national championships. It's almost like championship fatigue. 
And it's like, oh, this is just the SEC championship. It's just first A&M. Like, we've already won the SEC. Um, we're kind of focused on maybe the national championship. But uh, it just doesn't quite have the same oomph these days. Maybe that's me just – me personally caring about uh, the NCAA tournament. You know, March Madness, the true – but, you know, the first tournament season is really exciting. Uh, I think conference tournaments take a little bit of different shape when – there's two varying levels of how kind of impactful they are and really how cool they are for the sport is like, uh, for instance, in the sec or, you know, the power conferences, big 12 and stuff on a semifinal Saturday or on a, you know, a quarterfinal day. Like we, we went to four games that featured eight tournament teams pretty much. I, I, I want to say, except for Vandy. So seven out of eight tournament teams played on, you know, this one day, um, which, if you look at it, that's like an eighth of the teams that are in <laughs> that are in the 64 team tournament. So that's a huge chunk of your players out there. Um, but other other leagues uh, like one big one bid conferences, uh, it's a it's a way different level of excitement because you're essentially already in the surviving advanced tournament. You are already in the yeah. um, if I lose my season's over portion of the tournament. So kind of get, getting to watch all of those type of finishes and endings and that's careers ending like that's that's people's you know last game ever and it's and it's just down to the wire win or lose survivor advance um and i think it's it's a really fun kind of i mean it is an appetizer for uh you know the 64 team bracket that that we're probably going to walk through here in a second but uh fun to fun to get to witness in person we had some uh you know some close friends and family and relatives, you know, at different tournaments all over the country. Um, it's just basketball is affecting a lot of communities this time of year. Um, and it's fun to fun to watch all the different styles, all the different teams. It's just a jam packed, jam packed session of good high level basketball. Um, that's going in. That's that results in <laughs> seasons ending. <laughs> it's just the preparation for the real madness, which which is what is about to happen next. The madness dawns upon us. Well, that's what I got. Coming, baby. <laughs> March is coming. I got to ask. So we, we talked about this a little bit before, but have you all filled out your official brackets yet? Yeah, I have completed my bracket. It is sealed. Um, honestly, and this may be a testament to the fact that it's finally perfect, but just rattled it through straight. No, no errors, no markings, no like cross outs, like just pure straight down the barrel match by match. And this is actually a thing I want to discuss. Maybe even uh, pose this question on top of your question is how do you guys, how do you fill out your bracket? Do you go just, you know, start at the top, do round one, start back at the top, Mm. do round two. Start back, or do you do by region? Are you kind of filling? Are you kind of moving teams ahead, kind of where you want them to be? Anyway, I want to hear, I want to hear bracket strategy from you guys because I have so this, mine and it's never really worked to any kind of success. Now this year it may have produced the perfect bracket. Like that's kind of the thing about bracketology. You never, re- I don't really have a way to say which uh, which method is best. Yeah, so I was thinking about that and. I actually, you know, Seth, you talked about not crossing out or anything. And usually I don't. Usually my my bracket is pure gut. Uh, most most years I only fill out one bracket. 
um, which I feel like is probably in the minority. Every now and then I'll do two or three brackets. But usually I go straight gut. And I think it's an interesting question because I'll start round one and just go all round one. Uh, Start at the top and just do it round by round uh, all in a row. And then you kind of get to the point. And this is what happened. I did go back and change mine a little bit because you start filling it out. And especially when you're going with these gut picks and upsets and everything, you start thinking. And with this, we've talked about this. This year, it seems so wide open. You get to your elite eight or something and you're like, how did I even get here? Like you went down a total rabbit hole. And so, yeah, I go I go round by round, pure gut with some obvious, you know, I have a little knowledge of just watching basketball go into it. Um, But no, yeah, it's round by round and it's crazy some of the ways we get there but i definitely have some tasty upsets that i want to get into at some point but yeah boss man i'll throw it over to you yeah i I think it's funny you mentioned like kind of the rabbit hole that you you'll find you'll stumble upon and (laughs) and you'll kind of get there you're like how did this team end up in like the sweet 16 or the elite eight but if you fill it out digitally now that because they have like the bracket challenges you'll see it's just the first round and then you get to like especially on espn you have to go through all the first round picks Mm -hmm. but I think typically, and this is being uh, a two-time bracket winner, so I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but um, no, jokes aside, but I typically the way I think if you, for me, like competitively in a bracket challenge, the the way you win is from picking the winner, and or most in most cases, and obviously there's a lot of luck that is into that. For I don't think it's a surprise to anyone, but usually for me. I like picking the team that I believe is going to win it all. I think that's a good starting base for me. And then I'll kind of just go from the first round. And um, I don't know, some people like to work backwards from once they pick their winner and and then kind of go from there. But I mean, you got to build up from the first round matchups and whatnot, because again, it is all about matchups to some degrees. You can pick the best team to see how far you think that they can go. But um, outside of the championship winner, I think that's about as far ahead into the future as I like to think. Yeah. See, and I get way too excited with the upsets. That's almost what I base my bracket off of and probably why I swear this is, I can't, I can't back this up with proof, but you're just going to take my word for it. I'd say the past 10 years, I've been in the top two brackets after the first weekend, every single year for whatever reason can't. And I never win. So, but I'm good at picking the upsets at the beginning. Yeah, I would like to put a true disclaimer on and, you know, you can take this and at least listen to my explanation a little bit here before you totally, you know, disregard what I might have to say later on. But I've come to the point in my life where if the Razorbacks, if Arkansas as an Arkansas fan, I'm filling out my bracket as an Arkansas fan at the end of the day. Like I can't I can't escape that that part of if if they're in the field of 64, I'm picking Arkansas to win the national championship. Like if if you're telling me my team has a chance and I can they're on the bracket I can fill them out all the way, I'm not gonna be the guy that does not pick Arkansas the year that they win the national championship. So if they're in the field, they're getting my pick. Now everything else kind of I try to you know have my best you know unbiased analysis and see who's gonna play a play against them. But um, I just kind of I'm not gonna get it right. I've really failed to get a champion right probably in my existence in trying to pick who I think's the best team. Uh, I'm, I'm probably 0 for 25. Um, so it was just a freeing thought last year that I kind of started and decided that if Arkansas is in the field, 
I'm just going to go ahead and pick them to win the, the, the tournament. Um, now, now that might change if there's truly a team where I know they have no shot, but I don't really think it is. I'd rather I'm going down with the hogs or, you know, rather than, yeah, yeah, rather than, rather than go down. Oh, I'm going to pick, uh, I'm going to pick UConn to win the national championship and they're going to lose in the sweet 16. No, I'm going to pick the hogs. (laughs) Like at the end of the day, I got to go with my boys. I like, I got to go with the hogs. Well, and we got to welcome in our but our buddy Nick Trujillo. So, Nick, the question is that was posed to us is how from Seth, how do you fill out your bracket? Uh, and I think the main the main premise of it is: do you go round by round? Do you pick your winner first? Like, what's your strategy going into it? Was this question for me? Yeah. Okay, it cut out right before I heard Nick, and then it cut out, and then yeah, I couldn't understand. Do you mind repeating the question? Absolutely. Yeah. So it was basically just how do you go about filling out your bracket? Do you go round by round? Do you pick a region and go with it? Or do you pick your winner first? Like what's your goal when when filling out the bracket? How do you go about it? Okay. So this is coming from a perspective of uh, a perspective of someone a little different than your average sports gambler, sports enthusiast. For those of you who don't know, I was born in Las Vegas. I, my my father was a handicapper for 20 years. I live, breathe um, football, basketball, baseball, everything. And if there's one thing I've learned over all these years, losing money, winning money, none of us have an edge. It takes way more work uh, to actually get things right, to – then we think. So if you want to have fun watching March Madness, you got to go with your gut. I think the gut is the only thing that matters in this. You can't second guess yourself. You can't analyze. You'll never have more information uh, than the public does. So, hey, just let God do the work, man. Use uh, I like that. It's in his hands. It, it's in his hands. Use your gut instinct. Uh, that's pretty much how I do it every year. Obviously, I'm a homer. So uh, Tennessee will probably be in the Elite Eight uh, this year on my bracket. Uh, But really not too much goes into it, man. It's all for fun. It's all for love. Uh, It's just – it's for the love love of the game. I like the very very humbling feeling of when you lose your first game. Because, you know, for a brief – it's Monday morning. Like, I have really until Thursday, and my bracket's still perfect. Like – in my head, you know, what if I've done it this it, year? What if I am the zero. one in 9.3 quint, quintillion to get it right? I did it. I finally cracked code. And then, like, you'll go into the first eight versus nine matchup and take an L, and it's just all, like, <laughs> just immediately humbled by by the madness. Dude, so. you get those first three or four right, though, if you ever get if you ever get that far, you're, you're and really And then the tingling it. in the back of your head starts happening. Um, At what point does it get right? real serious? Like – like once you've gotten all the way once to- you're on ESPN, then it gets real serious. Once <laughs> your name is being mentioned on ESPN, so so and so has a seventy five percent correct bracket so far. He only other needs he needs the other twenty five percent to get in. That would be um, that would be more epic than a bunch of like sports record milestone chases. Like this kid has a perfect bracket all the way to the final four. Like. 
he's 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 two games he's on the precipice of history <laughs> so do we think um if he was let's say he got everything right except the national title game do you think ESPN says screw the kid you're not getting any money whatsoever like sorry you lost I feel or- like if you got if you were First of all, there would be so much notoriety around you and so much buzz going into that. You have to pick up some sponsorship deals somewhere. Someone some NILs. <laughs> or you gotta well, you gotta go with a crazy hedge on that too. If you yeah. really don't but like Yeah, exactly. Somehow, somehow you can cover yourself if you make it all the way to that point. <laughs> well, what's At that the... point you've probably gained a following of believers yeah. who just think you are correct. Like you could just do something. Yeah, crazy. actually you could sell sp- picks like Stu Finer's dumbass uh like, like just all day long being a character because he won the lottery yeah and people would <laughs> buy him they're like this guy almost had a perfect bracket why would I not go with him yeah He's ni- like, he was 99 percent right the yeah the ultimate karmic like if if see yeah, maybe this is where I am as a six as a fan of like a sports team who has had like a lot of failure and disappointment <laughs> but like the ultimate just karmic nightmare would be if i had you had the perfect bracket or say one of you guys picked tennessee to win the national championship you had the perfect bracket all the way to the national championship game and then but you had your team winning and they they lost that like that was the only game you got wrong in the whole tournament was the national championship game with like (laughs) that'd be that would just be what a slap in the face yeah what an absolute slap in the face that would be I'd be I'd be close to tasting uh, some lead later that night. <laughs> Jeez, I, I cannot laugh at that, but yeah, that would be as dark as you could go. Well, I want to I want to get into our actual just kind of our hot takes for for the tournament. Um, and y'all don't if you do have a bracket or two lying around that you want to kind of have for notes. I, d- I don't know how I want to go about it. If I want to go just sleeper picks to make a deep run or just some of your favorite upsets you see in the first round, maybe that's what we go with first. Just talk okay. about some some games in the first round that you really like. I have a couple like sweet 16 teams that are that are pretty – I have to assume not many people have. Oh, maybe Elite Eight. Wow. Yeah, I want to no, know, uh, know what conferences you guys are feeling like uh... – I think the SEC will have. I think yeah, will have the best conference success. in the country in every sport. I've got a uh, whoa. I've actually got four SEC teams in my elite eight. I think I mean, that's biased that we literally just watched them in person. I think that's like skewed my brain. I think a lot of it. I I have one like I have Auburn in my elite eight. Ooh. I like that pick. Making oh, a crazy, just there's a couple. <laughs> it, that, that's why I say I think we got to go. I think we got to start at the beginning, somewhat. Like we don't have to. Maybe <laughs> we can just name some of our uh, upsets at first, but I think we got to start at the beginning and just see where everyone's at, what we're feeling. Let's just go kind of region, region. We'll go region by region and. Uh, okay. Throw out, throw out two two upset picks you got in each region. Okay, so you want to start? We'll in the see set. what we. We'll probably agree on a few of them. I like that. All right, let's start. Uh, let's start in the south. Bama's region. Yeah. Like for for example, I feel like a team that a lot of people are hot on that I'm going to pick 
to win the notorious 12-5 matchup as College of Charleston over San Diego State. But, uh, I do have Charleston as well. Um, I, I'm i buying the hype. You know, they're kind of a hyped-up uh, double-digit seed that has had a really strong regular season. Now, will that will that carry them to success? I don't really know. Um, but, yeah, I got them as well. This uh, pains me to say, but as a Vol fan, I've known for many years how the tournament works out for us. It's never been good. Down in uh, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, oh. we're losing to them first round, baby. <laughs> I have a bad feeling about this. You just this. said you thought they were going to be in the Elite Eight. <laughs> See, I changed my mind. And we just jumped regions, <laughs> but that's okay. We've gone the exact opposite route, Nick. We have chosen the two sides. Look, I, I just had to get this off my chest because I had been thinking about it for a while. Um, Sleepy Rick has been show, um He has been showing up for too long. The Raging Cajuns know what they're doing. It's. I think this is what gets Rick. Uh, this is what gets Rick fired. So, I had to get that off my chest. See, that's where you're wrong too. Even if he loses, this here, game, Seth. Will you grab your? Will you grab the mic? Or get a little closer? Yeah, there you go. Um, even if, like, I think you're missing the point because even if they lose that game, he's not going to get fired. I agree. It's his seat gets I, I, hot, I, but he's not fired. I don't think he's fired after that. But that is the domino. Okay. That crashes, that starts falling. That's the fair. domino effect that will kill Rick Barnes right here. See, this- I, I have the opposite happening. I got Oral Roberts taking down the Dukies. I really I, like the ORU. I like the Eagles down there to fly high, beat Duke, and then match up versus Tennessee in the second round. I like that's a favorable matchup for Tennessee. I think their defense can overwhelm Oral Roberts. I got them uh, moving on and. I mean, you know, it's to be seen. I think I got the Vols in the Elite Eight. See, I'm thinking I'm op- I'm I'm opposite you, Nick. I'm I'm uh I'm seeing hey. I'm seeing Tourney Rick turn the tide, take a team that's got someone kind of down and out. You're missing a point guard, but this is the year because this is madness. He's had great teams that you know have faltered, but I like a rematch with Purdue to send the Vols to the Elite Eight. Get some revenge for a couple years back. I would love that. I hate Purdue. Here, let's let's rewind a little bit. <laughs> let's 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 Sorry to get us off track there. No, please. no, you're good. No, we need it. No, we trust me. We'll talk about the balls. Um, let's get back to let's try let's try to take it round by round a little bit, yeah. and let's see what boss man. I want to hear some of your hot takes. Just on this first round, maybe some upsets you see or we need to be on the lookout for. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you look at the bracket overall, there's I don't think there's a lot of drop off in what we've seen throughout the entire season. There's not a huge amount of drop off between uh, maybe some of the two, three, four seeds with maybe the seeds up to eight, nine, ten and even getting up to 12, 13, 14. Um, starting in like the low teens, I think Drake is a possible upset over Miami. I think that's a team that. Um, the player of the year, Tucker DeVries, about six seven. His dad coaches them, uh, Drake. So 
you kind of have a nice father son combination that um, they're both veterans of the game. And I think they'll have a pretty good shot um, at upsetting Miami. Um, I also think um, I've seen Kent state play a couple of times and um, the Mac conference is very good and has had a, historically a great tournament. And when you have a team that's either first or second in the regular season, and then has a great finish to their uh, conference tournament and winning the conference tournament. Um, yeah. I, I think that has a lot of, um, a lot of strength going into March and they have a good point guard and sincere carry. And I believe they also have the defensive player of the year on Kent state as well. Can't remember his name, but they're an athletic squad. They have um, senior guards, shot makers, and they're going against a team in Indiana that has been shaky. Uh, they played at the level of their competition. And um, yeah, I, I think Kent state's a really good team and they have a pretty good shot at uh, upsetting Indiana. And then I think the other five twelve matchup, let me scroll down a bit um, on my bracket. Um, St. Mary's. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. So VCU against St. Mary's. Uh, St. Mary's, if for those in the audience that watched or witnessed the the dud that they kind of put up against Gonzaga, who Gonzaga is playing very well. But uh, VCU from uh, the little birdies up in Barclays Center in Brooklyn that went to the game, they said that VCU is a really strong squad. Um, two Michigan transfers in Brandon Johns and Zeb Jackson. And then they also have uh, Ace Baldwin as a, as an older guard that that leads the way for uh, um, for VCU. So a lot of I think a lot of the 12 seeds have a really strong chance. You, I know you mentioned Oral Roberts, Seth, but um, we got a really strong slate of 12 seeds to have a chance to op- upset some of the five seeds. I got another 13 um, in that same little quadrant to, to stay in the same arena. I got Iona. Oh, yeah. Um, I got Iona taking down UConn. Uh, the fighting Rick Patino uh, Gales from, from up in Iona. Um, I'm just not going to count them out. I think they play a really strong brand of ball. They pretty much ran through their conference in the both regular season and the tournament. Um, I watched Iona play one time. And they played amazing that day, and I've just loved them ever since. So uh, I'm with the Gales. So I got VCU a 12-13 second-round matchup. See, that's why I do as well. makes March so mad. Like, in the second round, now all of a sudden you're playing a 13 seed again, and you're a 12 seed to get to the Sweet 16. Um, pretty epic. Hope, hope, uh, hope some of these come to fruition. But it usually is. You know, there's some people target, and then – you know, the boss was saying this the other night, you know, there's always a, there's always an underdog that no one sees coming that like, no, that, you know, there's popular picks, there's kind of trendy upset picks. And then it turns out the big upset is something just totally out of the blue. Yeah. I think to kind of go off of that, um, there's two, two kind of sides of the same coin there. Um, I think every year there's always a team that finishes the conference tournament extremely strong. Uh, last year, Iowa finished the Big Ten really strong. You had the Keegan Murray and Chris Murray, uh, the two brothers. Um, and then I believe, I think they lost, I had them losing uh, the first weekend in the round of 32 last year. And of course, I was one game too early and they lost to Richmond. Uh, but I think there have been multiple examples of teams that win their conference tournaments and then lose a pretty early upset game. But um, I think one upset to keep consider or yeah, to keep in mind is um, Colgate, who has been in the tournament multiple times in the past five years as a 15 seed. So I believe as a team, Colgate is shooting 
38 percent from three Ooh, which, too. yeah and they again <laughs> the reason i kind of uh gave a prelude about those teams that really finished the conference strong is a team on the same vein as tennessee that hasn't necessarily performed well with the amount of talent that they've had in um when it comes around to march texas is a team that has historically or in recent years has underperformed quite a bit and they are a talented team they did beat kansas they beat tcu a good a great team um yeah, I think a team like Colgate that has had tournament experience and has yet to kind of really crack the walnut of getting to the round of 32, um, it could be – I think that's a that's a viable upset, and they're a dangerous 15 seed. Experience in March just helps too, especially for those mid-majors. Like, you've been there enough, you're used to it, and it's not a daunting stage as it maybe once was. That means a lot, and I, I, I like Colgate too. I don't have them winning, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were – one of the big is it a 15 to yeah 15 seed upset what do y'all think about do y'all have your brackets up yeah i'm thinking so well i have one up i just haven't filled uh filled it out yet okay well for those of us that do and true show you can kind of hop in as you please have some ideas cool (laughs) i'm thinking maybe we just hop to the sweet 16 and maybe read off your sweet 16 teams just to see where we're at and I say we just do Elite Eight. Elite Eight? All right. Let's see. Because yeah. that, that that hides some of the madness you see for foretold. What about look first here? Let's do this. If you have like a big uh if you have somewhat of a Cinderella kind of in that yeah. sweet 16, read that off. I'm just interested to hear some of y'all's underdog picks that maybe oh, make a run. Yeah, out of I it. didn't even okay. I, I'm right there with you. Montana State to the sweet sixteen. The Bobcats from Montana State play a just phenomenal brand of basketball. They got great defensive guards. They're they're long enough. They're talented. They shoot great. They play fast. They run, run, run. Uh, great team to watch. I think they got a really good matchup versus uh, Kansas State. I think Kansas State is a vulnerable three. Um, and I think Montana State can take it to them. And then I have them beating can- – I haven't beaten Kentucky to get there as well. So that would just be true madness to watch my boys take down Kentucky in the second round. Woo. Ride the Montana state terrain all the way to the sweet 16. That'd be sweet. Now. Yeah, I have uh boss man. You were talking about this earlier. Kent state. I really like them. And that is solely off of what we watched in their conference championship. They just absolutely obliterated who was, I don't even remember who they were playing. Um, but let's see. I have Kent State making it to the Sweet 16. Who do I have them beating? Let me see. Yeah, so I have them matching up. I have Miami beating Drake, but I have Kent State playing against Miami and upsetting them in the round of 32. And let's like see. It. Let's see who else I have. I think I have Kent State and then... I have VCU in the Sweet 16, actually, facing off against the Hogs. Ooh, tasty. I like Muss in March, man. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I actually have Kent State facing Auburn oh, Will, in the Sweet 16. Oh, Will, you just a little teaser on the Hogs to beat Kansas there? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's why I was <laughs> I like, like, I don't know. where your head's at, bud. I mean, we can't, we can't get, get into every round. It would just take too long. But, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think the Hogs in March, especially against Kansas, who has shown a couple times just get – 
like clobbered by a couple teams. I don't I don't love Kansas as a one seed. So I'm taking the hogs just getting streaky. Like the hogs have been, you know, kind of heart attack hogs the whole season, but yeah, I have them I have them making a nice little run. But yeah, so I've got VCU and Kent State are my big dogs in the sweet sixteen. And you could throw in you could throw in Auburn and Arkansas in there as well as kind of big dogs. Yeah, I think um I don't have my bracket pulled up, but um I think on the same vein, I, I I really don't. I've seen Kansas play enough this season. I really don't think they're as good as last year, and I don't think they have any chance of repeating. Um, Got to beat Illinois. In, in my opinion, whoever wins that Illinois and, and Arkansas game, I think that team's going to go to the Sweet 16 because both teams are long enough, big enough, skilled enough to kind of beat that Kansas team. And that Kansas team's also very – they don't traditionally have the same bigs that, they, uh, that they've had in the past. Um, I, I think Kansas is a very vulnerable team to – bounce that first weekend and then also um i really like what i see out of memphis over the past several weeks and i think they're one of the best teams that i've seen over the past month in february and in march as well because they just beat houston obviously they didn't have marcus sasser yesterday in the championship game but um kendrick davis who is a tcu transfer who i actually had class with uh several times oddly enough but he's an outstanding point guard who's really been the the head of the snake for Memphis. And I think Memphis has a real shot at beating Purdue. And obviously uh, Zach Eady is going to be a pretty dominant force and um, a tough person to kind of deal with. But Memphis last year gave, I believe the Gonzaga in the, they're in a very similar situation playing Gonzaga in the second round. And I believe we're winning at halftime and finished out. Obviously they didn't win, but really gave a strong, effort to beating the Zags in the second round there. So I think Memphis has a real shot and I actually do like them to beat Purdue. Um, let's see. I think also I have UConn. I think in my opinion, I think UConn is a really strong chance of making it out of, um, I can't remember what region it is, but I know it's in the same region as TCU, Hogs, Kansas, and uh, UCLA. Um, I, so, I don't think I have any too many unheard of, seeds to make it to the sweet 16 or um any any teens for that matter to be completely honest but do you think i think there's a good chance that some of those teams do make it to the to the sweet 16 what do you think about that first game for memphis against florida atlantic yeah that's a, it's a tough matchup i usually don't like when the committee matches up those mid-major teams together um florida atlantic i mean if anytime you see a a team in college basketball having a 30 win season i think that's obviously something to um, to be heralded and praised for, but it's a tough matchup for both teams. And I think Memphis is like a three and a half point favorite as the opener. Um, I wish it was a different matchup to be completely honest for FAU. I wish they played a power five team, but I can see it going either way, but Memphis has been playing extremely well. And I, I just don't see them losing that game. If I really had to pick. Nice. Any thoughts, Trucial? Um, so going through each region, naming because I feel like we jumped around a lot. So just my biggest dark horses are or... right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to confirm that I was right. All right. Got it. Yeah. So I've got a few here and some of these are going to surprise you a little bit. I might have, uh, been a little bit more uh, willing to put my money where my mouth is on these guys. Um, so I actually have College of Charleston 
making it out into the Elite Eight here Dang. in the South Division. Um, in the East, I'm going with Duke. I think Duke or UCLA, they are going to be the national champions, uh, unfortunately. Coming out of the Midwest. Uh, so looking through here, my gut starts leaning towards Auburn. But look, man, these Aggies, as much as I hate to say it, I think they've got a lot of lot of lot of things rolling here. It could be the Aggies get uh, sneaking in there out of the West. Uh, I'm going to Boise State. Uh, so those are going to be my four crazy, crazy teams to make it to the Elite Eight. Um, a lot of this is gut feeling, but like I was talking about before, gut feeling is the most important feeling. So those are my four kind of dark horses to make it. Uh, I think the rest of the four are probably going to be some blue but blue blood eh, blue bloods uh, that get their tails spanked uh, by some of these teams. And uh, this tournament is just so open up for grabs that. I think it's going to be madness at its finest. Uh, it's just going to be upset after upset after upset, and uh, I can't wait to see it all. Dude, and you mentioning Boise makes me think back to when we were talking about going down a rabbit hole when making your bracket, and I noticed this. I have some sort of Mountain West bias when it comes to March, especially mm-hmm. in the first round. Uh, I usually pick a team like Nevada to make a run. I didn't this year, but for whatever made, reason. Uh, what, the Elite Eight or Final Four? One year? Yeah. yeah. That was when Musselman was still there, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay, there you go. But, yeah, for whatever reason, Mountain West and March just goes together for me. And I have a lot of Mountain West teams, I think, at least making it out of the first round. It's Mountain March. But yeah, yeah, no, so, so I know you mentioned um, one last point. I know you mentioned Texas A&M, and we got a good look at them this weekend. And I I really liked what I saw from Texas A&M, and – they played you know, a, a poor game. game from, they played sorry, a poor game, or I said they played a poor game, um, but wasn't obliviated. It wasn't. Um, I don't know. They didn't just go out there and get the tails whooped uh, all night long. They fought back hard. The coach seems to have the players going rolling right now. Uh, so I think it's one of those teams that have so much hype going behind them that locker room is in more sync uh, than just about every other locker room in the country. And I think that plays a big, uh, big, big reason into who wins uh, March Madness. Talent, number one. Co- well, talent, coaching, 1A, 1B. Uh, but chemistry and locker room, just kind of uh, cohesion right. is, is what is going to do it for the Texas a and Yeah, I, I think that's kind of a good formula. And um, cohesion, uh, I know, Will, you mentioned – experience and, and and senior leadership really goes a long way in March. Um, watching a lot of Big Ten games and having a Big Ten bias openly. Um, I think Penn State, who is playing Texas A&M, is outstanding. And they're playing some of the best ball um, in the conference and in the country, uh, led by um, Jalen Pickett, who is, um, yeah, outstanding player. I think they start four senior guards, and they have uh, three, three guards and uh, Seth Lundy, Pickett, and then uh, Andrew Funk, who really shoot the ball extremely well. If you've ever watched any Penn State games, those guys, all three of them have no conscience, and they play extremely well together. So um, I think that game's going to be outstanding. In my opinion, if I had to pick, I'd pick Penn State, just based on my bias that I have. Um, and also this weekend, I think, I don't know if a and I mean, A&M kind of squeezed by 
Arkansas. And in my opinion, if, if Arkansas plays a little bit better over the weekend, then I, I think. Yeah, but that's future national champion Arkansas. Yeah, exactly. By, so, like, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, that is a good point you have there, Seth. No, yeah, I uh, we can move on. Let's just announce if you have it. If you don't, we'll just run with it and see see what y'all think about mine and Seth's. Uh, just your elite eight run run down your elite eight, Seth. I'll open it up to you first. All right, I'll I'll be quick here. So I got Virginia Baylor in the south, Tennessee Marquette in the east, Houston Texas A and M in the Midwest with the chance to go to the Final Four in Houston, which is like. Just that it's pretty obviously AM's right outside Houston as well. So that would be crazy. And then I have Arkansas and UCLA in the West. All right. Yeah. We a, definitely a dream scenario for me. I just projected my my actual ideal scenario for viewing pleasure. <laughs> All right. This is where see, this is where it gets funny because running through this bracket and I go back to this, how did I get here? There are some of these top seeds that I have in my Elite Eight that I definitely almost had losing multiple times, so I'm not even super confident in it, but there are a couple teams I really like. But I have Bama, Arizona in the south. I have Tennessee, Kansas State in the east. I really like Marquise Noel at uh, Kansas State. And then Auburn, Texas in the midwest, and Arkansas versus the Zags. In the West. A little rematch of last year's Sweet 16 there. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Um, So, starting from the South, I have Alabama and College of Charleston making it to the Sweet 16. Nice. And we're Elite coming eight. Down. Or wait. Yeah. Where are you at? Seal. Are we doing just yeah. the eight? So, oh, my bad. Good Lord. I'm looking, looking at this terrible. So, Going to the Elite Eight, I'm going to have Alabama and eh, screw it. We'll go Virginia. We'll go Virginia. <laughs> are you doing this live? Is, is the, Are we walking through your decision-making? Yeah, because that would be in yeah. the Sweet 16. Yeah. here, Skip me. I'm going through all my decision-making. <laughs> I'm bouncing around here. I haven't made my bracket yet. I was, See, I tried to go with my gut, and it's failed me miserably. So, pay dirt listeners – uh, get ready for a between 85 to 100% correct bracket coming your way uh, later this week. We'll definitely have to post that on the account. Yeah. For oh, no, I'll send, I'll send you my bracket. I have to do some research. I was going on some gut feelings. Once I get my research first and then start using my gut, that's when we get the pot cooking. Mm, all right. All right. Yeah. All right. I'll give my picks. Um so I believe it's the first I'm, I'm I don't have my bracket or my completed bracket in front of me, but in the South, I have a little bit of chalk. I have Alabama, Arizona, um, down the bracket in East. I have Duke and Marquette who I absolutely love Marquette. I think, um, Kolek, the player of the year in the big East is really runs the show. And I, I think he's one of the best passers I've seen in recent years. Uh, just wanted to give a shout out to him. Um, in the, Midwest, I have Houston and Xavier. And then um, in the West, to top off, I have UConn. And I think it's either Gonzaga or UCLA. We'll say, we'll, yeah, we'll say Gonzaga. Yeah, because yeah, they not would. A lot, not a whole lot of upsets going into the Elite Eight there. 
There you go. But enough. UConn would be a, a pretty good upset. Yeah, I kind of flirted with Duke and Memphis, but um, I, I like what I see out of Duke right now, and I think they're they're putting it together. They're um, definitely playing on. I wouldn't be surprised, but again, Memphis is one of those teams that could lose in the first round, and they are good enough to make a decent run, but who knows? It's madness. UCLA is a weird team for me, too. I have them in the Sweet 16, but they're – I had trouble – Picking against them at first and then even picking them a couple times just going throughout. But UCLA is one I'm interested in, obviously. How far did they get last year? Was it last year they made a big run or the year before? No, it was two years ago with uh, Juzang, Johnny Juzang. Yeah, they had Yeah, they had a good run um, when they beat Alabama as the two seed and then Michigan as well. So as a Michigan fan, that was kind of a gut-wrenching loss, but – yeah, they were, and they they were one shot away from going to uh, the national championship. That's that was crazy. Was. the The biggest shot that I'll never forget, though, is uh, the Michigan Trey Burke from about five feet from behind the uh, against that Kansas team. Yeah, I guess that Kansas team. I was downtown in spring break, and I was the only one awake. <laughs> uh, and so I saw him hit that shot. I started going screaming nuts. Woke my parents up. Woke my sisters up. But. That's yeah. one of my most ingrained um, basketball memories in my head. Yeah, Ooh. as a Michigan fan, that was easy. I, I vividly remember watching that game, and I think they were down 10 with maybe two or three minutes to go. And it was unreal. Yeah, that was an outstanding team that Michigan had that year. A lot of pros on that team. That's probably one of the games that led me to my picking strategy these days of just picking the Razorbacks because I – had Kansas and was that was kind of my key to winning whatever bracket I was in. And uh that one really hurt as just a kid who picked, you know, a team. Um and kind of uh I, I had it in the bag. It's one of those games. Yeah, they were down, they were up by like 10, you know, with a couple minutes to play. Uh thought I had it in the bag, but my my national champion goes down by epic defeat. And I knew and I knew my friends were probably, you know going crazy too so yeah probably definitely like that's back in the day when i used to be a salty like nowadays i'll cheer for my buddies teams honestly like i i kind of hope they have success but not back in the day it's ruthless like you do not want to see any kind of success (laughs) like michigan or tennessee having success is like what used to be like a true nightmare now i now i cheer now i cheer for for all (laughs) yeah it was every every monday morning you had to come in ready to talk that smack or just just take it. Otherwise, yeah, at the lunch table every day. Mm. Yeah, that didn't mold you of just taking, taking that talk. I no, wonder yeah. what Miss Phillips heard during some of those rants uh, and raves because she turned, uh, she turned a blind ear to a lot of bad things, especially involving the uh, white trash cardigan boys. Because her window was uh, right next to that. Who knows? Yeah, for for the listeners that don't know, uh, we all Ben, Seth, Trusha, and myself all went to high school together. So there are plenty of stories we could probably unravel, but I don't think Trusha's wrong in stating that. Yeah, no need to get too in depth, but funny <laughs> story for a later time. But no, I think uh, I like that little memorable March Madness moment you brought up. I think that's foreshadowing what we might have to finish off with. But first, let's go ahead and kick off so final fours i'll go ahead and kick it off and i'll just i'll i'll finish out my bracket here so i've got arizona versus kansas state and then texas gonzaga and again how did i get here texas 
I'm I'm with Benny. Like I don't even know if they'll make it out of the first round or two, but for whatever reason, I just kept going with them as I was building my bracket. So I've got I've actually got Arizona beating Kansas State and Texas beating Gonzaga for an Arizona Texas national championship with Arizona winning. <laughs> Mm. Who nice. wants to take it? I'll uh, I'll go up next, and like I said, we're doing a little off the rip here. But first of all, I'm going West Virginia in the Final Four. Then we're going to <laughs> just Excuse just off me. the dome. I'm going to go West Virginia. <laughs> that's an opinion. <laughs> yeah, that's. Excuse me, Virginia. They were right next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> little little misspeak there. So we've got Virginia, we've got Duke uh, coming from that side, and then let's see here. Um, hmm, going off gut feeling. God, well, my bracket just broke. That's not good. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. So, my final two teams making it to the NCAA tournament uh, final game. Let's. See. Okay, so I have out of the Midwest. Let's see, Houston. Screw it. I think Houston. Their defense is too good. The Cougars got something going on there. We'll take it. And then out of the West, gotta go UCLA. Very nice. Very nice. I got UCLA, Baylor. UCLA or Duke are my two. Oh wait, so yeah, who? Do, so just quick, I mean, do you have your champ, or are you you still just you still just working on your gut there? You got to let well, your gut UCLA UCLA and Duke would meet in the um, championship there, and honestly, because Duke would win me a lot more money, so we're riding Duke, baby. Let's go! Wow, Duke to the ship. Hey, that's a perfect dark horse here. You're. Duke cannot be a dark horse. Literally, that doesn't. That's not how Duke it works. Duke is a dark horse this year, man. Everybody's counting them out. <laughs> no, I'm calling it. No, no, I'm calling it right now. I'm saying that Duke, they can be an underdog or something, but they're not a dark horse. <laughs> if Travis Kelsey and uh, like Stetson Bennett, they consider themselves underdog dark horses. <laughs> there I mean, you go. Hey, fair point. Fair point. I'll allow it. All right. Well, I got uh, I got Baylor versus Marquette, with Marquette making the national championship to face off versus the winner of Arkansas and Houston, with Arkansas getting the getting the edge over Kelvin Sampson. Uh, shout out Houston. I am uh, hoping they make it to beating Houston in their own city would be pretty disrespectful, which would be even better. Um, Hogs over Marquette in the Natty. Uh, title Town comes back to Fayetteville, Arkansas. It's a dream Cinderella story. The eight seed Razorbacks with two NBA lottery picks, and uh, you know they're not quite Cinderella, but uh, but I think they uh, they will make. So why not this year? Why you know why not this year? An eight seed win it hasn't happened in a while. If if Fox. ever, I don't think hasn't it been. Uh... So it was '94, the last Arkansas national championship, right? Correct. But they they are off back to back elite eights. Yeah, hey, you know, something's going right in the program. Maybe they uh, take it the distance this year. 
Who's to say? Hey, I need 60 minutes of help uh, brought back. That's, uh, I mean, that's true, true basketball right there. So uh, hopefully Musselman integrates that a little bit into his uh, tournament like I'll, I'll, I'll pass that along to Coach Muss. <laughs> Why don't we <laughs> – did you say 60 minutes? Because, like, you're just predicting quadruple overtime. Yes, um, that's in fact. 60. We're ready. It's 40-minute game, but we're ready to go 60, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Dude, I think some of these um, – some of these games are going to be quite crazy. Look, like you're going to hear a lot of outlandish takes uh, from this guy right here, all tournament long. So nice, Benny. Round us out. Finish. Yeah, Benny, what you got? Yeah, I wish I kind of had like a little bit more upsets or maybe a Cinderella team in the Final Four. But well, you've got all the stats. He's got to get back in the lab. Yeah, I, 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 I do put a little bit of, uh, a little bit of thought into the research. Benny's whatnot, definitely but... backed, backed his picks up a lot, uh, with a lot more facts and statistics than the rest of us have. So I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll just see what <laughs> he's got. So. Yeah, we'll see how lose. far that gets me. But good probably, point. Probably not too far. But anyways, um. I don't remember the regions, but I I do have – it's not set in stone, but I, I think I mentioned I have Arizona-Alabama in that first region. Um, I think Alabama is one of the better teams that I've seen play. Uh, they have a great weekend in the SEC tournament, so I think Alabama to the Final Four. Um, again, with Duke and Marquette, kind of struggle, I'm kind of at a coin flip between the two of them. I can see Duke winning that game, and again, Marquette's one of the best offensive teams that I've seen this year. And defensively, they're pretty good, and Shaka Smart has them playing pretty well. Uh, but well, for the sake of this, I'll say Marquette. So Alabama, Marquette, and then um, I have UConn in the West Division. And to round out, I have Houston. And I have Houston winning it all because I think they're the best team that I've seen this year. And again, um, I think a dream scenario would be kind of, um, has there ever been a hometown team that is one in the final four where they are located and the city's in or the, the final four is in Houston this year. So that, I think that'd be awesome to see great defensive team. Um, a lot of great talent on that team. Jarris Walker, uh, potential top, top 10 pick in the draft this year. And then Marcus Sasser, if he makes it back on, um, or if he, he is a full go this year, I think, or in this tournament, I think, Houston's going to be a tough out, and they're going to be playing for that championship in their home city. I like it. I, I'm going to circle back to Trucial's point about most memorable March moments, and I want to hear from y'all. And this can be good or bad, just memorable. That's what we're looking for. So go ahead and give me, give me one, give me two or three if you got it. But, yeah, I want to hear some of y'all's most memorable March moments. I got some, I got three here and some of them are, Hey, crazy buzzer beaters. Um, but some are a little off the wall here. So the first one I would say is, uh, the Villanova shot. I can't remember, uh, Jenkins obviously hit that big shot in the national championship. Um, that was one of the craziest of all time. Kyle guy, getting fouled on the three-point line um, against Auburn that basically Auburn had that national championship bid sealed, phantom three-point call. I mean, growing up an Auburn fan, that uh, that was pretty devastating. 
crazy things like that happen. And then for my final third one, I could go a fourth one, but it goes a little bit dark. Gordon Hayward uh, chucking it at half court, clanking off the uh, rim when he was at Butler. And then screw it. I'll go the fourth. It's a little dark. But um, Kevin Ware, unfortunate Ooh. Uh, what happened. But I think every single person remembers, uh, yep. remembers what happened to Kevin Ware. Ended up transferring to Auburn. Uh, Louisville did win the national championship that season. Uh, and he played basketball again, man. So that's one of the most memorable, um, but just feel, feel good stories of all time. Yeah, that's a good point. The Kevin Ware one is, it actually is kind of a, I mean, I remember where I was when it happened. I was in my homeroom class and we were watching it on our phones and stuff. And everyone uh, who was watching it immediately was like, did you see what just happened? And the Ray Allen shot. I remember watching that uh, on my dad's bed with my sisters. Just that was one of the greatest shots in uh, NBA history. But I'm gonna steal all y'all's uh, greatest uh, <laughs> memories. So I'll shut my trap and uh, let you guys talk. Take the floor. I got the uh, I got the Mario Chalmers shot against, mm-hmm. uh, against Memphis. Rose. Yeah, because once again. I'd chosen Memphis, like was rooting hard for Memphis. Love that team. Love D. I mean, how could you not do D Rose was so sick. They were so fun to watch and they could not make free throws down the stretch. And yeah, you miss your free throws and Mario Chalmers hit a crazy three for Kansas. And yeah, it was, it was an epic game, like a truly like capturing game. Uh, I believe it was in even finished in overtime. Um, just extraordinary game definitely captured and then honestly my other memories would be just like times and or memorable stuff of like being in elementary school third grade class miss Lytle bringing out the tv for march madness when the vols are on on like an early thursday it was like my first exposure to like oh march madness is bigger than like work or school or anything <laughs> else like we're watching the vols play in march madness um probably a bruce pearl team if i had to guess so one of his – when they were, like, you know, taught a high-seeded – and I remember, yeah, it was just, like, the Vols kill. They were just dominating this team, this lower seed. Um, but that was just kind of, like, a memorable – that was, like, a young, first, like, true tourney memory of, like, wow, this is bigger than just my normal basketball games. People are excited for this uh, this action. Um, or going to, like, a sports bar super late with my dad when uh, – Arkansas played like USC as a, I mean, we were like a 12 seed, barely got in the tournament. Um, just late night action. Me and my dad going to the sports bar, watching the hogs. I was young, you know, we had to go there because you know, every game wasn't, you know, we didn't have every single game probably on our television at the time um, before every single game was broadcast nationally. Um, had to go get the pay-per-view at the sports bar to watch the hogs. Um but all good. I mean, so many, so many memorable moments in the tournament and usually involved kind of who you watch them with or like where you watch them uh, and how you enjoy them together. It's, it is kind of the true like, oh, did you see this or oh, come here, this get like this just happened or uh, just kind of a communal event uh, that we have in sports. Yeah, no, I'm going to go with y'all. A, a couple of mine were similar to y'all's. I'm going to go with the Mario Chalmers that beating that Memphis team that I think hadn't lost up until that point. Uh, as well as number one Tennessee, didn't they? That oh, year? you're right. Never mind. They had like 38 well, wins or something, though. Did 
I thought they beat uh I think we beat number one Kansas and then lost the following uh I can't we're getting mixed up. But anyway, yeah, the the Mario Chalmers shot, the Kansas beating Memphis is definitely one. The Gordon Hayward, I can still see that just barely missed half court shot. And then I think my other one is kind of a string of a few, but just the March heroes that we get, the guys from the mid-majors that you're never going to see again. They Their legacy is purely in March, and I'm thinking of Ali Farouk Manesh at Northern Iowa sealing the deal against Kansas. Uh, Timmy? Yeah, but just like seeing some of these. I like the little guards especially that are just chucking up shots with funky shooting motions. Who that are that guy first- from Ohio recently? You know, it's it's funny you mentioned that, Trucial, because that was one of my – Preston, um, Jackson Preston. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jason yeah, yeah. Preston, yeah, from Jason Preston. Past, past couple of years. You know, it's funny that you mentioned Ohio Trush and then Will, like some of the smaller guards that um, kind of make a name for themselves in March, but because they come from those mid-majors are not really heard from again in the NBA, but they do make a career overseas. So in 2012, the first time that I remember the tournament being in Nashville, um, I have a couple Michigan memories, but this one, I believe it was seventh or eighth grade, when Michigan was, uh, they were playing in Nashville, and I went to the game. They played Ohio. Yeah, and I was Ohio there. Ohio had this guard named DJ Cooper that was about five nine, and he was a lefty. He was a transfer from Ohio State or something, right? What's that? Or, wasn't he a transfer from Ohio State or uh, Michigan no, that, State? That, or okay, that was an. You're really make, making me open up my vault here. So they had a guard named, um, I think his name was Walter Offit. So he was from Ohio State, but DJ Cooper. And they also had um, Clark Kellogg's son, who's on Ohio, too. So they made okay. a big story out of that. But this guy, DJ Cooper, was outstanding, and he beat Clark Michigan. Too? Clark Kellogg's son? What's that? Did he play at Gonzaga, too? I don't remember. I know I know for a fact, he. Play, I think his name was like Nick Kellogg. He played at Ohio. But, uh, yeah, they went to the Sweet 16, so they beat Michigan. And I can't remember who they played in the second round, but they went. they almost beat – North Carolina in the second or in the sweet 16, but um, on the same vein in that same tournament, I don't know if you guys remember, have to give them a shout out. There were two 15 seeds that won that year against two seeds. It was Norfolk state beating Missouri who I had winning it all. And then if you remember Florida Gulf coast, when they beat Georgetown, slam a jamma, Florida Gulf coast. The same year as Norfolk state. I must be, I, I think I'm mixing up years, but it was, yeah, you're right. It was Lehigh beating Duke. And then, um, yeah, and then, that, Norfolk State. yeah, Norfolk State. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Uh, I'm, mis- I'm mixing up my. I think it was the following year of uh, of was it Dunk City or Lob City? Yeah. yeah. Lob, Lob City. Yeah, Lob City. But um, yeah, no, Dunk, it was Dunk City. Of, Lob Dunk City, City was the the Clippers. Yeah, but that was an. I remember watching them. That was an awesome win. I think it's still up on YouTube. Um, yeah. I got a couple others. I'll try to rattle off quickly, and then in. When Michigan made the title run against um, against uh, Louisville in the national championship, talk about a phantom foul when Trey Burke blocked that shot on the uh, against the backboard against Peyton Siva. Oh yeah, I was at that game, so oh. I uh, I distinctly I remember that one. It was in Atlanta, um, and then a couple other Michigan ones, real quick. So the Jordan Poole shot, I remember coming back from spring break sophomore mm-hmm. year and Jordan Poole beating Houston for that massive win. 
Um, that was crazy. And then I would say my most recent memory. So I was living in New Jersey with Toe, who my brother who went to Michigan. And so we were in New York watching at a Michigan bar at the, uh, for the Michigan Tennessee game. And we were talking so much smack to you guys about that game. That was as, as, as John Bautista likes to say, that was a classy win. So that was honestly watching that in a Michigan bar and, and having toe with me and watching that Michigan, that Michigan game, beating the chosen team from Tennessee, thinking they had a dream scenario. Um, if you watch that game, the, it, it was, I think they won that on like that, that hook shot from Eli Brooks to kind of close out that game. I would have been so heated if I was one of you guys watching that. Was that when John <laughs> Just wanted to bring it up though? Uh, missed the free throw. No, no, that was way longer ago. Well, I was gonna say that oh, yeah, Michigan, yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, John L. Stokes charge or block um, yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on on was it Howard? Like, wait, no, wait, Jordan Morgan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that I remember watching that in Lin- our buddy Lyndon's basement, uh, just going absolute bonkers uh, both ways. Yeah, because growing up and yeah, if your teams faced off in the cr- in crunch time, and Tennessee and Michigan seem to have faced off quite a few times, yeah. like. For the amount of times that they, you know, um, they've had their fair share of turn. Yeah, Michigan definitely has had their number in March. Um, But yeah, that one was pretty, pretty funny. Just seeing Lyndon just absolutely freak out. Um, And uh, terrible call. So Tennessee Michigan matchups are always very memorable. I'm going to have to give an honorable mention. And I say honorable mention because it wasn't in the tournament, but the Kimba step back in the Big East tournament i think everyone remembers that very vividly i can see it now in i believe madison square garden so wasn't that the same year they had the six ot game i don't know they won the natty that year didn't they yeah yeah i think that's it but yeah guys uh anything else before we close it out just enjoy the madness just sink into it yeah it's uh it's an honor being on the show and being able to share my expertise with you guys and the audience and it's um yeah it's great to kind of have the community behind march madness and it's awesome that we just kind of get to come together and 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 watch some of these games and um yeah i think it genuinely is wide open this year and i i think we're gonna see some of the best matchups and best games yet so um yeah really really looking forward to it this this weekend and in the coming weeks yeah benny we appreciate it having you on and having a little more logic on the show. We really don't get a lot of that, but we don't, that's not really what we're about. So it's refreshing to have it on every now and then. But anyway, for, for you listeners out there, we do have a special pay dirt event going on this weekend. We are, we will be in hot Springs, Arkansas for our buddy sets bachelor. Don't reveal too much. Don't reveal too much. We, this can be live. I'm getting a GoPro on my head and just running around the casino. Good to see yeah. what happens. Well, I would like yeah. if if the listeners have any hot tips for us, throw them our way. We might we might throw out a pater parlay for the listeners to uh, tail if they feel so inclined. But it, yeah, there's we're, gonna be we're a gonna lot of some madness things. going on. Some things are absolutely cooking. It'll be St. Patrick's Day, world world famous, world shortest St. Patrick's Day parade in Hot Springs. Just on top of all the other. Um, you know, basketball and ball watching and food eating uh, going on by the people. Parade? Why didn't yeah. we make a Pater Sports Parade? 
Are yeah. you kidding well, me? I mean, we we yeah. could probably get in there. Yeah, we could. I'm sure we could be part. It's 98 feet long. Like the that's parade. not that bad. Yeah, the parade. We should wear our shirts. Oh, I thought you were saying the float. No, no, it's the the whole parade. It's the world's shortest parade. <laughs> oh yeah, we could we could probably enter in six floats into this thing. We yeah, could sponsor we could, the whole. Uh, or myself on a go kart. Put some pater. Uh... We, we could sponsor this whole uh, parade. Ninety-eight <laughs> feet? Are you kidding me? The pater classic. They said it's super long. Like there's so many people that are part of it, but it's it's only ninety-eight feet. Uh, I'll have to uh, I'll have to get the owners on the horn here uh, soon to see uh, what I can pull pull together. All right. All right. Well, with with that, we'll go ahead and close it out, guys. Thanks again for listening. This has been Paydirt Sports, part of the Six Pack Coverage Network. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Paydirt Sports. Be sure to be sure to check out Six Pack Coverage at sixpackcoverage.com and at sixpackcoverage on Instagram and Twitter. Guys, thanks again for listening. Enjoy madness, and we will see y'all next week. Paydirt out.